lot, isn't it? Hello everyone and welcome to another week of It's A Lot with Abby Chatfield. Um, so last week's episode got, look, we got some great responses. Um, got a lot of DMs about girls or people, uh, really, um, going to town in regards to glugging it up. Um, and, uh, yeah, can't thank you enough for all the support in last episode. I thought it was a shit episode. Apparently you guys loved it. So I think in the future I'm going to do more like that, more solo episodes. Um, so this week I'm having a talk with Celia, who you guys may or may not know from, uh, the podcast group. Uh, we became friends via the Shameless podcast group and she is a journalist. She is an icon and I love her. She's very intelligent. She's very funny. Um, and we're speaking about men using women as therapists. So I'm sure a lot of you have this experience of dating toxic men and they kind of just emotional dump their entire lives onto you. Um, so we are going to dissect that a bit and also give some advice in regards to a friends with benefits situation and also a very long-term relationship that has lost its spark. So without any further delay, here is my chat with the beautiful Celia. Hey guys, so here I am with, I, that's not how I usually start, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that's when I do my intro. Hey guys! Hey guys! So, Saliha, <laughs> so how are you going? You're here with me finally on the podcast. I'm so excited. I feel like we've just been on and off talking for like months and now you're like a real, real person. You're act- I'm actually like seeing your face as you speak. It's so great. It's so exciting. So we've been talking like via DM for literally like, Surely, like, a year, like, since, like, The Bachelor, like, a little bit after The Bachelor aired, right? Last year. Literally, since, like, I think, like, October last year, I started talking to you. And then you've interviewed me as well. For We're, like, we're like professional yeah, relationships. Look at us. We're, like, old school colleagues. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, I you know who it. I worked with once? Abby Chatfield. Yeah, oh I interviewed God. her for 15 minutes over the phone. <laughs> but it was a serious, it was a serious, it was a serious uh, chat. I don't know what it was about. What was it even about? I think we're talking about like slut shaming. I'm pretty sure we were talking about slut shaming, and I don't know, just general like what we normally talk about. Batchy stuff. I probably gave you more than I was allowed to, to be honest. I feel like whenever I like know the journal, I'm like, and they're like, "This is great. She's fucking mental." Um, (laughs) No, no, no. It was so good. I love it. Um, So, on your story, you posted a. We're going to talk about what? A tweet? Yeah, a tweet. So you you worded it really well before. What we're going to talk about today <laughs> in our discussion is... We're going to talk about, like, women giving free therapy to men. 100%. So you posted... This is the tweet. Hi. Today, please meditate on how easily we accept women's pain as collateral damage in men's self-discovery. Iconic. So that's why, that's why we're having this chat today. But before we get into the chat... What's been a lot this week? Okay, I am on the Batchy in Paradise train. (laughs) I am on it. I am here. This is actually the first season I've ever watched for Batchy in Paradise. Ever. Well, because, Celia, you're writing. You're writing 
Um, are you doing like recaps or are you just covering it? I've just been like, honestly, I've just been like commentating and like the It's a Lot Batchy thread. Lol, hello at everybody that interacts with me on that thread. You give me the validation I seek in life. Who needs men when people like the your likes? comments online, right? <laughs> When you get the ha-ha reacts or the care reacts. I know, reacts, it's like the like, dopamine in I my brain the care going reacts. off. Like the serotonin is just... <laughs> every time I get one of those likes. Um, it but is yeah, so that's the like, best. That's been a lot because it's like four It's like four days in a row. And I'm just like watching Litany cry and watching Jamie being crazy. And I just... It's a lot. That's a lot for me. The way you said that, you're like, it's just... It's four days in a row. It's a lot of my week. <laughs> it's a lot of time. The podcast group is a lot. The podcast group is a lot to um, keep up with. So agreed. And Jamie... Um, <sighs> making like Litney is literally the best person. So I was, I was like in Litney's room a bit and she is like, I, when I met her, I was like, oh my God, I wonder what she's going to be like. Cause obviously on TV, she's like so intense and so great. But I was like, I don't know if like, you don't know what someone's going to be like when you meet them. And I was like, maybe like, I don't know if like, you know, we'll clash cause they're both really big personalities, but I fucking, we literally just like straight away got along so well. She is the best like she's the absolute tits like everyone being like we love litany i'm like 100 percent. you should she's like the best person in the whole yeah you're like you don't understand i don't just love litany i love litany like you don't understand i'm standing her so hard i'm just like and honestly like i only very recently became a reality tv bitch your season of the bachelor was the first season of like reality dating shows i've ever watched so i'm very new to reality tv and i'm just like oh I love her. Like, I finally understand. I would die for Litney. Like, if she's listening to this, yeah, hey, I love you. <laughs> like, you Litney, we love everything. you. I'm going to try and get her on the podcast oh God, after um, Paradise just to get her to answer questions because I feel like she would be like, she's just, she says the funniest things and then she laughs at her own jokes afterwards and it just, ma- it just makes my life. She's See? so wholesome. I vibe I with that because no one laughs harder at my jokes than I do. Often I'm, like, the only person mm. laughing at my jokes. And I'd be, like, crying. I'd be, like, hysterical and I can't even finish the sentence. Mm. And no one knows what yeah, I'm even laughing 100%, 100%. at. I haven't even told the joke yet. So that's me. <laughs> I buy it. I buy it with that. Yeah, the punchline isn't out yet. And you're, like, <laughs> like squealing like to yourself. <laughs> 100%. So what else has been a lot this week? Um, well, the Black Lives Matter protest in Sydney was this week. And yeah, I saw that. I couldn't go because I was, like, a bit unwell. And I was, like, I don't want to go and infect people. But it was, like... It was it was cooked. There were like forty protesters and four hundred police. This is fact check numbers, by the way. I checked today. Forty protesters and four hundred police officers, and they arrested. Really like, arrested, but like not really. And more like detained because they didn't actually commit a crime. So can't really like arrest them. But you know what I mean, like detained people and stuff. And it was just cooked. And there's all these like white people mm. online being like, "Oh well, don't protest during like coronavirus." And I'm like, shut up. Didn't you literally just, like, go to the footy with, like, 4,000 people? Like, there's 40 people in the Woolies aisle next to you. Don't talk to me about, like, social distancing at a protest right now. Well, because yeah, aren't, aren't indoor – I know what Sydney's are, but, like, in Brisbane, I think indoor limits are 100. So if there's 100 yeah. indoors versus 40 outdoors – yeah, they weren't, it's, like, breaking any rules. Like, the rule that they were breaking was that the protest was, like, uh, deemed unlawful by the Supreme oh, Court. Oh, really? But it's Yeah, but it's not unlawful to just, like, happen to be in a park. You know what I mean? With 40 so people. people, yeah. people yeah, it was 40 people. And if you're, like, standing, like, socially distanced, you can just exist in this park. Like, that's mm. fine. That's not really illegal. And they had, like a stall where they were selling well, – not selling. They were giving, like, hand sanitizer and masks and stuff. And the police, like, shut it down. So, like, you've shut down the avenue of, like, maintaining safety in this place and then you're, like, 
telling everybody to leave and threatening to arrest them. Like, tell me again how this is about health. Like, it's not. Um, because you wouldn't have sent 400 fucking cops. Like, 10 times. That t- like, 10 times the amount of the people there. Like, how is this about health? And are the cops social distancing? No. no. <laughs> like, it's just... I don't know. That's just been a lot for me because I'm sick of just yeah. seeing all this, like, racism all over... Like, the internet, everybody just being like, well, they deserve it for breaking the law. I'm like, the Bunnings mm. Karen that y'all have been meaning has not been arrested. So don't talk to me about breaking the law right now. Don't get me... Th- actually, I have a theory. Actually, I tried, to po- I tried to post a story about the Bunnings Karen that isn't really about Black Lives Matter, though we can get back to that, but that I want to bring up. But I want to see if you agree with me. I feel like you may, and I feel like you're a good person to talk to about this. So, I mean, it isn't really a theory. I'm sure it's, like, pretty much fact. But you know what irritates me about these fucking Bunnings Karens besides the fact that they're just absolute dickheads not refusing to wear a mask? I feel, in my heart of hearts, that if if we had no media from America in Australia, no one in Australia would do that. I think America yeah. is the naughty kid that acts up and can show that they can act up because they're so far – there's such a political divide – on each, like if you're left wing or right wing, on the political spectrum, that they they like incite anger and panic and fear in other countries like Australia, which does not which does not need to happen. And then people think it's a politicized um, issue when it's it shouldn't be politicized at all. And it hasn't been in Australia. That's why we're doing so well until now. And now these yeah. dickheads are watching too much Fox News on YouTube because they can't even watch it live in Australia. Literally. They have to go and fucking and find about- the propaganda. Literally have to like seek it out. And then um and it's because America's infiltrating us. And I, it really irritates me because I'm like, you this didn't happen two months ago, but because it's everything trickles down from dickhead Americans. Sorry any Americans listening, but the dickhead the dickhead sector of the US, <coughs> Trump supporters, um have an issue with masks because they think it's what imposing on their freedom but we don't we don't have freedom of speech in australia okay, sweetie yes. we i have, have so freedom. much to say about this fucking american freedom shit it's like when yeah. like racists try to say they have freedom of speech in australia like we don't have discrimination laws and i'm yeah. just like y'all know this freedom of speech you're citing doesn't exist here right mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. is american 100%. it's crazy like there are so many rights people think they have in australia that just don't exist here and because they think that because they think they're they think we're American. It's kind of like how everyone thinks you can sue for almost no reason. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It's just these current stuff. It's just even yeah. the COVID conspiracies, like this five G COVID. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I cannot waste time on these theories. But even like all these are just definitely from America. All these like psycho like right wing rabbit hole YouTubers that everybody is watching are like American. But I don't understand how they have, like, mm. it is definitely American, but I'm like, how did you even get there? I, I don't know. With the Americans? Like, all this mask shit. I'm like, it's really, it's not, it's not that political. Mm. It- and it's funny because, like, nobody understood all this mask shit when, like, Nikabi women wanted to cover their face. Then it was a security issue and blah, blah, blah. Mm. But now that they're being told to wear masks, they're like, oh, don't, don't tell me to wear things. Don't try to control my dress. I'm like, what? Well, mm-hmm. Y'all have trying to be you trying to control us for how long? Mm-hmm. The same people. I'm just tired of everybody's double standards. I'm like, all of you are problematic. All of you need to shut it's up. It's so blatantly like, obvious as well. And I, and I really think that if if Donald Trump had come out initially and said that we all need to wear masks, and he politicized it that way, that the right would be 
fucking militant about it. They would be, they would be, I think they would be physically harming people who didn't do it. The right wing in America. I genuinely believe they would be committing hate crimes in the name of not wearing a mask if Trump had supported it from the side. And the left would just do whatever scientists said still. So the left left will always wear masks. But because the right aren't based in science, they're based in, because even they say, oh, it's fact over emotion. Are you the guy, you're the ones who act with emotion over fact. And, and, we, and we act with logic and science and you act with emotion. You're losing your fucking mind. It's so backwards. Oh it's my God, so then... oppositic. <sighs> it's like the same people that call you a snowflake that are also like ridiculously offended over the Coon cheese changing shit. its name. They're losing their minds. And then I know, and, but but they and and Chico babies and stuff. But they're getting they're like, oh, you girls are snowflakes about people getting killed in police custody. We're snowflakes, Literally, or about yeah. literal like literal like hate crimes or children being detained as adults in Australia. But but we're the snowflakes and so that. But 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 they're they're really hard and tough, and we need to fucking suck it up about um a cheese name. Yeah, it was like Ida Buttrose in the media the other day being like, oh, millennials are so sensitive. And it's like, literally in the next sentence, you complained about how you have to say thank you to your staff. Like, stop. <laughs> Who are you sensitive just here? Be a, Who? Just, just, be, just be an empathetic human. I mean, the thing is, like, we, I think when we're called, when we're called snowflakes, it's when we're, like, calling things out that affect other people. Like, we're, we're, it's, like an empath- mm. it's like an empathetic thing. But I think when the right call things out it's because they don't want to do it like it's like yeah a very different reasoning for calling it out like so who's the real fucking you're the t- you're having a tantrum about a ma- i don't want to wear a fuck i fuck masks suck to wear they fucking suck to wear no one is going around being like i want to wear a fucking mask but we need yeah, like, to that feels so good of course it like, doesn't it's awful no one's we're not having a good time and we're not making a fucking fashion statement or a political statement this is literally like well i don't want to I don't want to get other people sick and I don't want to get sick. I want just everyone to abide by the rules and it's an easy thing to do to ensure that during a fucking global pandemic. Like we're in a, we're in a plague. <laughs> no, I feel you. Like I worked in, I, I work in Bondi, right? Like Bondi Junction. Mm. And that was a hotspot in Sydney in the first wave. Most of our, like most of our cases were from the Bondi area because you know rich people don't give a shit about social distancing and mm-hmm. i can i can confirm that because i was working during that time mm-hmm. and i cannot tell you how many times people just like stood an inch away from my face trying to talk to me and it was like why are you standing this close to me right now like you don't need to see into like the flex of my eyes like you don't dude, need to do this dude it was the same with me i live in a, like a pretty like effluent uh, area of uh brisbane where it's like there's heaps mm. of apartments, it's also like it's like a really, it's on the river. It's like bougie, but it's like mm. also like young people live here. And the, the yeah. woolies that I'm near, people literally oh would be God. like yes. fucking and I literally one one day when it was all started to happen and I had a mask on and I had fucking gloves on and I had I had run out of hand sanitizer and I was so anxious just getting bread. I was like, I need to get bread. It was like, but you know like when we like venture out and it was like, I'm getting bread. I um walked past someone and he like, he came so close to me and I was like, can you fucking touch your distance? Like, I just, like, lost my fucking mind. Yeah, no, people, ugh, the Bondi Woolies. The Bondi Woolies is, like, a meme in my work team. Well, at my team, if you guys are listening, you'll know. Because oh, my it's God. Just it's, like, well, people don't give a fuck. I've, like, literally had to turn around and been it's like, sorry, can you take a step back? And I'm not confrontational like that to people yeah. in Woolies ever. But I was like, can you just... 
can you yeah. just move because you're actually stressing me out and like I don't want to be in Bondi I'm here because I work here and I have to because you know the economy means more than people's lives etc etc yeah another discussion <laughs> and it's just like you don't like you are here because you live here I'm not get out of my way like I just want to get my bread and go home yeah I have to work here I have to put up with you guys as part of my job I can't just not do this leave me alone please and it's like it's such, uh-huh. it's shit that you should be doing anyway like, I never stand oh. within, like, a foot of somebody else. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's just social anxiety, but I'm, like, I'm not going to stand this close to you. <laughs> but I'm, I'm also kind of, like, um, with, the, with, the, um, with, like, boomers on distancing, I'm, like, this is for you. <laughs> like, like, you got like, people, young people are dying as well now in America, and we can die from it. But, like, you guys are the ones that are susceptible to this. Like, I'm doing this for you, dude. Like, I'm staying away from you, like... I could get sick and I have a pretty good immune system, so I probably could bounce back. I'm a healthy 25-year-old in Australia. I could get a bed. I'll be fine. You could you could not be fine. So why yeah. are you the ones taking the risks? Yeah, no, exactly. I completely agree. It's so many boomers mm. are, like, talking about this, like, conspiracy, conspiracy shit. And I'm like, you're the one that could die. Like, you should be even more, like, concerned. Oh. <laughs> Like, you should be even more concerned. It's Obviously, awful. Like, it's awful. I'm in danger and we're all in danger. But, like, if I get sick, I could I could probably get better. But, like, you wouldn't. What are you doing? Like, I'm trying to help you. Try to help yourself. Anyway, I just... Oh, honestly. And also, like, if, if like, I don't want to get it and then give it to my mum. Like, I, yeah. honestly, random Steve at Coles. I don't really care about you. I kind of <laughs> do because you're a human. But if you're going to come close to me, like, please don't. But I don't want to go home to mum and like accidentally have it because we mightn't get symptoms because we're young and healthy. So yeah. I could get it from from where I am, my little suburb, go out to mum, give it to mum. And she's a school teacher. All the kids have it. And I've caused a mass outbreak yeah. because of I fucking mean, like, Steve coming close to me in the pasta aisle. Yeah, and I completely relate because like, I mean, I'm just, I'm very close to like my extended family. Like I see my grandma all the time. I see my cousins, my, everybody all the time. We're all very close. Um, And it's like my grandma has like reduced lung capacity and is old. So obviously... I don't want to make her sick because she would actually die. And I don't want that to happen. And it's already hard because I'm already exposed yeah. to everybody because I work in retail as well as, like, my other job where mm. I'm in an office in, like, recycled air conditioning. And it's just, like, I'm constantly in situations where, like, I could get sick. I also – look, I also don't drive, which I admit is terrible and I should get my licence. But at the moment, mm. I don't have it, so I catch public transport everywhere. And it's just, like, I'm constantly exposed – yeah, and it's like, don't, like, why are y'all making this worse for me? Like, I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying, and y'all making it hard. I'm, I'm going to throw hands soon, and then we'll see who's in whose space. <laughs> oh, my God. For me. <laughs> so, yeah, just, she's, like, got up to the Zoom the Zoom camera, she's like, and we'll see who's in whose space now, and we'll see what happens there. Well, um, I'm this I mean, close. I'm this close. I'm like, I will, I will catch coronavirus if it means I have to fight somebody because I'm getting there. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean, we could talk about coronavirus. I feel like we should do a whole episode on coronavirus because I feel like no. I have so much more to Just say. Have, but like, the audacity of people not understanding coronavirus. Dude, we should a hundred percent do it because there's so many um intersectionalities of it as well. Of like the yes. like class yeah. breakup, the race breakup. Um, because like even oh, like have be able to afford a car, be able to have a car, like exactly uh, living close enough to work that you could walk even, or living in the city living out mm. in the suburbs where you have to get a train for two hours in where everyone gets on and everyone like there's so many different layers to it um but we should have other episodes on that because we're already fucking chatting away but i did I want to bring up quickly because you said you wanted to bring this up free britney 
Free Britney. Free Britney. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. The Free Britney movement. I am spiraling in this rabbit hole. I don't even think it's a conspiracy. Like, I 100% believe that she is actually, like, trapped in this conservatorship and needs to be saved. Uh, And I, like, I want to save Britney. I am so scared. Okay. So, I did karaoke on the weekend for my friend's birthday. And some girls sung Toxic. And afterwards, they were like, Free Britney! And we were like, fuck it. Like, everyone, everyone. Everyone is concerned for Britney Spears right now. All their comments that are like, hope you're okay, hon. And then you see celebrities commenting being like, beautiful. And you're like, why Why are, are all of you in on this? What's going on? Well, you know what? A lot of celebrities have also been liking the free Britney like comments and stuff. I know Paris Hilton has actually liked comments. And she was like friends with Britney when Britney was like, you know, 18 or whatever. A, a lot of people that like... Yeah. With friends, look, I've gone down this rabbit hole, so I, I know my facts. <laughs> like a lot of okay, hit me. Yeah, a lot of I wrote an article on this guy. So if you're listening, like I'm plugging myself. It's on Firefly. You'll find it. Oh, oh, we'll link it. We'll link it. Yeah, yeah. We'll link it. Um, no, she's in the, in like, the um church. Yeah, she's had like there are friends of hers, or, like people that have worked with her and set and stuff in the past that have said that like yeah, like her father threatened me when I tried to call her and like told me to like block her or else and stuff like that. They're like accounts from people. That, like, pretty much back up what Britney is... Well, what people are saying in that she's, like, trapped in this conservatorship with, like, her father essentially controlling her assets and stuff. I mean, I think as well she's drugged up because... Did you see her video today that they posted? Yes. I've seen... Oh, no, not today. I haven't seen today's one. No. Um, She posted and she's, like, got, like, this, like... She's in the bath and you can't see her face. And she's, like, recording this little, like... You know those, like, soap roses that, that like, dissolve in the water? The petals are really thin. She's got one of those and she's like, this beautiful pink. Guys, I've got this beautiful pink rose. In a weird little voice she does. And then she goes, it's just soap. It's just soap. And it's it literally it literally sounds like a ch- like, like a 13-year-old. Like, it's really strange. You have to – I might put the audio in here actually because it's really strange. See the pink rose? See how beautiful that is? Watch. It's just soap. That's all it is. It's just soap. It's not really a flower at all. It's just soap. Hey. Folja. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't sound she doesn't sound present at all and when no. she does speak, it sounds like she's trying to remember a script. Like, she's not even reading a script. She's trying to remember the script. Like, she's not even there yet. It's so fucked. And, like, even her son... Okay, she's got, like, a... I think he's 13. Even he's, like... This is her son, by the way, who she has, like, I think 30% custody with or something. And the reason she's got, like, minimal custody with him is because of a restraining order her son's had against her father, who is the one who put her in the conservatorship because he, like, abused them. I think he, like... It was, like, a physical assault thing. There's definitely... There's articles on it. You can Google it. Um, anyway, so her son, like, did, like, an Insta Live and stuff, and when people were, like, oh, like, free Britney and all that, he was all, like, I'm trying, like... Oh, my God! I, like, her son has, like, said, yeah, I'm trying to help my mom and stuff like that, so it's just, like, this This is real, right? Like, but why it's do they keep... Why, it's, it's 100% real. Why do they keep posting videos of her when all the comments are just britney okay like i'm not meaning but i'm like don't the, the person and then and then when britney the zone always comments you know britney and it's like queen and everyone's like what the fuck why are you queen yeah, you're like, like this is not the time sis britney the zone britney the zone babe leave it like 
All I have to say about the Britney thing is Chris Crocker, all those years ago, leave Britney alone, was yes. right. Oh, my God. He and who's right. laughing now? Who is laughing? Chris Crocker would literally be like, right now, I fucking told you all. We've got, now that you guys are sending in, you're sending in videos and voice notes and it's actually really fun. I like it better. Do you like it better? I, I love listening to people talk. Oh my God, it's so good. I totally get a vibe for who you are. If I can like hear you talk, I can like, you can tell, you know what their personality is like from their voice for sure. Yes, hundred percent. And you know, and also people tend to explain themselves better on a voice note, including me, because when you're typing it out, you like miss things and you don't include context. And when you, when you're, when you're like chatting you're like oh and also this but when you're writing it out you tend to like not the emails aren't great but like a voice demo amazing also easier for me to listen and be like and wade through them so um guys keep emailing the voice notes in or videos if you need to email email i will still read through them but the voice notes are really really great um and that's it's lot pod at gmail.com um so let's get some questions I just wanted to come on here and ask you um, a question. So I've been in a relationship for like three and a half years and I'm really close. Like my boyfriend and I, we were best friends for so long and he actually liked me since he's seven. We're like in uni and stuff now. And like there's two, a couple of things I wanted to say. One, I'm really worried that if we break up, it'll be because of him falling out of love with me because he's loved me for so long. And two, we haven't really ever fought, but a few weeks ago we had a bit of a, not argument, but it was a big discussion. And he said that, I said to him, I feel like he's been treating me differently and I just feel like we're not the same as what we used to be. Then he said, it's because I treated him like a friend. Now, I'm fairly, I, I knew this was going to come up because we used to have sex all the time. And we suddenly, like, I don't even remember when we stopped. It might have been at the end of year 12 with exams. And it, I don't know. We, I just lost all my libido. And I thought it was probably because of the pill, um, my hormones. I just wasn't wanting it as much. So then I've taken myself off the pill and I've tried to change because he said, like, I treated him more like a friend and he needs sex, sexual chemistry in a relationship, which he's never, ever said that before to me because we haven't really had that problem before. And it's just like, I just need a bit of advice on even trying to get your libido back. Um, I've really struggled with that for some reason. Um, whenever I think about like sex, it's like I'm, I don't want it all the time. Like I would rather just lay down and cuddle and have time with him than have sex because I feel like I'm so, I've got so much trauma from over the years that I rather heal by love and affection rather than like sexual chemistry and like having sex because I know a lot of couples have sex to try and like release tension from their problems whereas I'm more of just I just want to lay there and like cuddle and all this kind of thing so I guess my like questions are is how to get over the anxiety of you know feeling like the other person's gonna end it with you because well he's loved me for so long and I only it's only been like you know almost four years that since we've been together and I guess getting the libido back and trying to get back into the swing of how we used to be. Um, yeah, because I've had a lot of trauma over the years and I guess I know it must be weighing up in my relationship now. Sorry if this is like a bit of a burden of a question. Obviously, well, I'm in a relationship, so it might be hard for you to answer questions in a relationship point of view, but I really hope that you could help me. Thanks, Abs. 
Okay, hectic. Thoughts, feelings, emotions. What are your What are your initial thoughts? My initial thoughts were, first of all, oh my god, but she's like, I'm sorry. Don't I be sorry. Know. Don't it be hurt sorry. My heart. Oh my god, you're so sweet. Don't be sorry. Like I'm here for you. I just. The moment you said saying sorry, I was just like, babe, no, like, you don't need to be sorry when you need to, like, ask Mm. for advice or you're, like, feeling insecure, you know what to do, like, absolutely not, okay? We stand, like, getting advice here. Totally. Don't be apologetic. Proud of you for asking. First of all. Yeah. Proud of you for asking for advice, actually. Yeah. Mm. Because, like, it, it honestly takes, especially when it comes to things, like, feeling, like, you know, undesirable or, like, you know, like placing your worth on something sexual, like, it's hard to say it. Mm, it totally. It's like, it admitting is. it hurts, right? Yeah. So it's just like, babe, no. That was my oh. first thought. My second thought yeah. was, who is this man? Okay. Like, send me his location at <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I just want to talk. I just want to talk. <laughs> my second thought. question is, who is this man? <laughs> what do you, what, so, so what are your issues with, what are your issues with him? Look, I just, this whole treating him like a friend thing, like, mm. really irked me for a number of reasons. The first one being, mm. like, your boyfriend is your friend, okay? Yep. Like, you should also be friends. You should, like, love hanging out and talking and stuff. And, like, if you guys are having sex and that's, like, an intimate part of your relationship, that's great. I'm happy for you. But, like, not doing that for a while doesn't automatically remove the boyfriend's status. Mm. I just think that's like such a reductive way of looking at your relationship. It's like, oh, these are my friend, these are my male friends, this is my boyfriend, and the only difference is that I have sex with my boyfriend. Like that mm, is not the only indicator of who your boyfriend is. And so I like that irked me a little bit because it was like, I can see what he means by like feeling like he's one of the guys if you're not being intimate. Mm. But it also just feels like where is the love? Where is the understanding? Where is, you know, the emotional element of this? Mm. Where is the care? Like, if your girlfriend is telling you that she is... Especially because a lot of libido issues often come from, like, depression and anxiety. And the pill. So, and the fact that she was response, on the pill now, she's tried to go off the pill. Yeah. So it's, like, your first response, first and foremost, before you interject any issues you might have with, like, not having sex, should be, are you okay? Let's talk about this. How can I help you? Because it's fine to want to, like, increase her libido. You can be invested in her libido as your partner. But, like, come from it with an angle where it's, like, I want to help you get to this point so our relationship can be healthier. Mm-hmm. No, not like, totally. Not, uh, like, you're not having sex with me and now, I'm, and now I feel like I'm the victim here. Like, you're not the victim here. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a communication there of you've done something wrong and it's hurting me rather than, like, this is a, this is a problem in our relationship. Yes, that I... Because it's fair that... Yeah, you're right. It's fair that he wants to have more sex in the relationship and maybe have more physical affection and, and that's fair. But the way he's wording it is like, you're making me feel shit and but she's feeling shit in herself already. Exactly. And she's also changing medication that she's taking to try and fix this problem. Yeah, like, like she, she's like, gone off the pill. Like she is actively <laughs> like, which is making a big deal. An effort on her end to mm. to make this better. Like she's trying. Sis is trying. Mm-hmm. She is doing what she can. And like for that to not be enough is not fair. Yeah, because and I what? think for that to make you anxious about him falling out of love with you is probably a sign that, and this is kind of harsh, but it's a sign that he's either already done mentally, if you're fearing mm. that, or if he isn't done, he isn't doing enough to make you feel secure, which I think 
is another reason why maybe it should be done. Is that really harsh? It's no, I, I, I look honestly, I would have been a bit harsher. I'm, I will admit that I'm that friend <laughs> that's a bit harsh when it comes to like dating advice. I am a bit harsh, but. Like, look, mm. you guys, she said they've been together since year seven, right? No, so he's loved her That's since like, year seven, but they've been together for four years and they're in uni. So, like, year 10 or something, which is still. Okay, okay. Still quite young. Mm. Like, they got together in high school. Yeah. And it's like, that was really young and a lot's happened since then. And you've probably grown a lot since then. Lord knows I'm a very different person to what I was in year 10. And, like, I mean. Because how old are you? I'm tw- I'm 21. So, I'm, like, not that much. I'm probably, we're probably the yeah. same age, to be honest. Um. Yeah. We're probably quite close Totally. To well, because me when I was 21 is so different to me when I'm 25 even. Yeah. Like, and that's four years. But that's 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 four years that are less formative. Like, yes. 17 to 21 is huge. It's and then 21 huge. to 25 is pretty big that I feel like. Yeah. And like, I just feel like you're st- at such a formative <laughs> time to be in a relationship that is making you insecure, despite the fact that you are working your hardest, clearly, to fix those issues, means it's probably not you. And you... You really, like, at the, it's that point in time where you need to, like, look at the relationship and be like, is this going to affect me in the future? Is this going to impact my trust in other people and my love for other people? Because mm. it looks like it's making you insecure. And in a formative time like this, it's not a good time to be in a relationship that makes you insecure because you're going to carry that baggage into your adult relationship. Totally. Totally. I think as well it's time to look at the relationship and put it and put the comfort and the um, familiarity to the side. So I think a huge reason why... A lot of people that I guess I know that it's stayed in relationships after school is because you get to like 21 after school and you're all together and it's all like uni times and you finish uni and then you're like, oh, like this doesn't really feel completely right anymore, but I've been with them since I was for so long yeah. and this is the this is the track that my life is going on. And I think a lot of those friends, I complain so much about their relationships or used to when I was younger. They've probably broken up by now, That all the people that I'm talking about, but they would complain about so many different things and obviously there are issues in every relationship, but it's like, what actually good is there? If you guys, if he's saying, if he's kind of blaming you for the the sexual issues and the lack of sexual chemistry, if he's saying he's being treated like a friend, if you don't even want to really have sex with him, which I know isn't the be all and end all, but it is a kind of, it is a big indicator. If you guys used to have sex all the time and then now you're not, there's nothing um, wrong with that, but I think it's something to look at and consider. Yeah, because if I, I agree. when I stop wanting to fuck someone all the time, I'm like, actually, you know what? This isn't romantically, and because I'm a very like physical person, obviously. Um, I also think it's interesting. Um, I just wrote this down when I was listening to it that she said that um, she has had a lot of trauma. Um, in her past. She doesn't say what kind. I wonder if it is sexual trauma. Um, but then she says she thinks that couples have sex to release tension from problems. And I wonder if there's been um, maybe a, a unhealthy um, couples dynamic that she's witnessed, whether it's friends yep. or like a sister or I might even sound like parents. Like she thinks that couples have sex to fix problems, which I don't think is the case and like hasn't really been the case for me and I'm like I like obviously I'm I'm the villainous sex whore so like I but like 
I... What I thought when I heard that was, first of all, I mean, people have sex for a lot of different reasons. But typically, for I think probably the vast majority of people, it's either satisfaction or intimacy, right? Yeah. So usually for like a casual hookup, people are doing it for just the satisfaction of doing it, like the immediate physical satisfaction that you get out of it. But for like relationships, typically it's for intimacy. Like Mm. it's an intimate thing that you are doing with somebody. Not for everybody, sure, but for a lot of people, I imagine that's what the answer is. Um, Totally. And I just think that like already it's clear that we've maybe got some... Yeah, I would say unhealthy perceptions of sex in a relationship. And then yes. coupled with the fact that she doesn't want to have sex. She has said that she's not mm. really into it. She's not really vibing. She just wants to cuddle. And then on mm. top of that, she's her boyfriend is like Pressuring kind of weaponizing her. sex a little bit. Yes, and 100%. Being like, you know, oh, well, what, am I just your friend then if you're not going to have sex with me? Like, what what are we then? Yeah. Which is, it's weaponizing sex. It's, it is. It's using sex as, like, ransom mm. to maintain a relationship, right? Mm. It's, like, one of those things where it's, like, oh, you want to be intimate and loving with each other? You have to have sex with me. Yeah. Which I just, I don't know, man. I'm not getting good vibes I mean, this. the second anyone tells me that I have to have sex with them, I'd rather die than have sex with them. Like, there's, like, I've had an ex-boyfriend who one time we when we were breaking up, he, like, tried to have sex with me. Like, I had decided in my head we were breaking up the next day, but he didn't know that. Tried to have sex with me. And then when I didn't have sex with him, he was like, all right, cunt. <gasps> yeah, dude. And I, I've i actually – I have the recording on my phone because I recorded oh it because I was scared that he was going to do something fucked. But um, And this is an ex-boyfriend that I love, by the way, everyone, because people know who that is in Brisbane. But um, that isn't him, <laughs> someone else. Um. And I literally, the second someone puts pressure on me to have sex with them, I would rather die. And I think that's maybe why her libido was gone. Yeah, I imagine that's like a part of it. Because there's this pressure. She's clearly got like, yeah. what, look, whatever the trauma is, I don't want to make any assumptions. But oh, by the way, also, dick move from the boyfriend. Like, if your girlfriend is like, yeah, I don't really want to have sex and I'm like kind of traumatized by something that makes me not want to have sex. Like, how is your response? Have sex with me. Like, I just, what? Yeah. I just, like, I want to know yeah. from, like, the person sending this, like, how much love is there that isn't sex-related in this relationship? Yeah. Like, how much how much good time and, like, intimacy and, like, what are the caring and kind things he does for you that are not in any way sexually motivated? Yeah. Because if those are lacking, and, look, I might be making an assumption here, but it kind of sounds like she's not really getting the affection that she needs or wants, so... If those are lacking, like, it really is time to reconsider maybe why you're in that relationship. Because if the only reason is, oh, it's been, like, however many years, maybe, like, maybe double, like, think about that again. Because that's not, that can't be the reason you're in a relationship. Yeah, maybe, like, she could try and make a list of, like, the differentiating, the the fact, the things she likes about the relationship, but also the, like, the the factors that make him different from her male friends mm. and what she thinks is adding because what you said before was so true about like that isn't the only factor it, it isn't your friend that you fuck that's a friend's benefit yeah that's not a boyfriend and it seems that they might be this it just sounds like it's lacking intimacy here and it seems like they like they both yeah. seem to think intimacy is sex and it's not it's a factor yes. to it it's a kind of way that you can show intimacy but it's not the only way you show intimacy and it seems like they both seem to think the intimacy that comes with being boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever. Is sex. Like, is sex. Yeah, 100%. Which is, it's also just a very young way, I think, of looking at a relationship. Like, I feel like that's a very high school it is. It is kind a very, of way. Well, that kind of is what happens, though, when people... And I, I don't think for everyone, but I think it is very common when people are in relationships from year 10 until 
after school, they're kind of stuck in this mindset and they function how a teenager couple would function. Obviously not for everyone, mm. but I do see it a lot and I've seen it a lot where then they come out of those relationships and they don't know how to function as like in an adult relationship because they've learned mm. in year 10, age 15, and there's no development. Um, yeah, exactly. I know. I wanna, I, she asked how to get her libido back, but I, I don't want to like – I don't even really think there should be advice given here because I don't really think this relationship is is worth – putting more effort into and I feel like that sucks to hear and like I'm assuming she won't break up with him because it doesn't really sound like she even had that in mind it sounds like she's like there's something wrong with me I need to fix me and I Mm. I'm ruining this and how do I get my libido back and how and what can I do and he said I'm scared he's gonna break up with me and I'm scared like that's um the kind of theme that I have it isn't that she's like is this worth it yeah um, it's more that how do I fix this? But I don't think it needs to be fixed. And I think that maybe when you're in those relationships for so long, when you're young, you think there isn't anyone else out there that's going to be as comfortable and easy, but there, there always is like every time I have a breakup, there is always someone better. Every time I have a breakup, every single time I go, wow, never going to beat that. And then every time. I'm like, oh no, I can fall in love with someone else. Like, <laughs> like, and and also, I'm a Gemini, so d- like, disgustingly quickly, I'm like, and and that's the husband, and that's it, and that's the end of it. Um, <laughs> but I think that kind of stops people as well from moving on from relationships because they're scared that they will um, be alone forever. And when it's all you've known as an adult, it's scary. But I think she needs to break up with him. Yeah, I did write in my my notes when I was whistling, was um like, look, if you want to increase your libido, like just really make sure you're doing that for yourself, please. Like the one thing I ask, I mean, ideally just like dump him, like sorry sis, but like the one thing I ask is like anything you're gonna do from this point on, this point on onwards, make sure you're doing it for your own self satisfaction, mm. not for the validation mm. of him finding you more like attractive or thinking you're a better girlfriend because you did this thing. Yeah. Like, do it because it's actually benefiting your mental health and your physical 100%. health. Not because, like, oh, if you don't have sex with him, then, like, maybe he'll leave you. Also, just a quick point, I noticed she said that, like, she wants to go back to how it used to be. And I was just thinking, like, sis, you've actually grown up a lot since you 10 or whenever it was. If mm-hmm. You can't go back to how it used to be. And you don't want to because he's probably become a much more well-rounded person since then. That's probably mm-hmm. why this relationship is feeling outdated. You've probably outgrown it. Yeah, we grow at different rates. And, like I know it's hard to hear, but that's a good thing. Hundred percent. And and you you are on different frequencies. You, and you don't like vibe anymore as much as I hate that word. But sometimes you grow, especially in those years. This is like such a, a weird time, I think, to be in a relationship for so long. Not that it's strange, but I think it's a very interesting time if you're in a relationship from high school through to uni when so much changes. Um. I think if if she does want, if you do want advice, okay, if I'm going to give this advice as though she's going to break up with him, because if she was my friend and I tried to give advice on this podcast, how I would give a friend advice, not like if one of my girlfriends had this problem, I'd be like, break up with him, see you, done. Like, but if, if she breaks up with him and her libido still stays absent and she wants to know how to get her libido back, then I will give you some advice. Let's assume that then we can feel morally okay with this. Um, so if it's for you, um, I think the most important thing. So when I went on Lexapro, I lost my libido, couldn't orgasm. I said we weren't going to talk about this, but I'm going to skip over my next story. Um, I'll tell you all next week. Um, and I, 
like spent a lot of time just trying to trying to feel horny, like trying to get my libido back and thinking about it all the time because I'm a very, like, very um, sexual person and I it was really weird and it was like my kind of, like, identity was gone. It was very upsetting for me. And um, what I did was I tried to do, like, self-touch that wasn't necessarily sexual. So I did, like, an embodiment um, counselling course and it's about like embodiment meditation and it's 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 good for like trauma and for pain and for emotional um issues you can work through but it's also good for your libido and it's part of like sex coaching um so what i would do and this is just like a very specific thing to say but i didn't even well, I would never have thought of it if i hadn't done this course is just like lie in bed and just meditate for like 5 minutes get like a random like headspace meditation up for 5 or 10 minutes let it stop lie there for a minute afterwards and then just touch where you think it needs to be touched and not even like, like if mine was like the inside of my arms for like 10 minutes. And then if I like felt like moving it down to like my boobs or like being sexual, then I would. But if I felt like that was enough, that was enough. And then I kind of started to look forward to like having myself touch. And then eventually my libido has come back somewhat because I'm getting more used to, having a process of self-touch and like self-pleasure that isn't necessarily sexual. Does that make sense? Yes. So I've actually, that- I've actually like, I've heard that before. I've heard that like process before. Yeah, it's really good. And it's even good just for like to, to de-stress just like, because sometimes you don't, um, like if you, if you, I swear to God, after you have this call, lie down for like five minutes and just like see where it wants to be touched. And it could literally, sometimes it's like literally just like my cheeks or my face. And it feels like, you know, you get like back tickles or like arm tickles. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, it's like that, but on steroids because you're doing it to yourself. It is, a, I don't know if I'm just like living alone and like a bit unwell, but like it literally, it feels incredible. So I think I'd recommend that to get your libido back to kick started again. Um, if you leave him and if you discover it isn't a hormonal imbalance because of the pill. Yeah. Um, any and more to say on that? To use this advice otherwise. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Don't that's the caveat. You stay in this relationship. That's the disclaimer. hundred percent. Um, any <laughs> other advice anything else you want to say? Or should we go to the next one? Um, I think I'm good. I think I said everything I wanted to say for that one. You were great in that one. So eloquent. All right, let's do the next one. Hey, Abby. Um, so I've just got myself into a little situation and I love the advice that you guys that you give on the podcast. So I thought I could get your input. Uh, so basically the whole situation in a nutshell is that I started seeing a guy really casually just for sex and it's turned into a bit more than that. Like we see each other during the day and stuff. And I think I've caught feelings, but I don't know if he has. And I also... I'm really in denial, like I don't want to catch feelings. Uh, but so I'll start from the start. So basically at the beginning of ISO, I broke up with my boyfriend of, my ex-boyfriend of five years. Uh, it was kind of a toxic relationship towards the end, but I do admit the fault for that one because I lost feelings for him way before I broke up with him, but I felt kind of obligated to stay with him just because we'd been through a lot together. Um, and I was his support system through a lot of tough times, so I didn't feel right to leave. But I'm quite, I'm really content with my situation now, like breaking up with him, and I have no regrets on that. 
but anyway, so um, obviously a couple of months after, like a month after the breakup, I went on Tinder, um, and then one of my first, and I started hooking up, like hooking up with guys, and I was like living the single life, and like when I broke up with my ex, I was like determined to be single and be like a strong woman and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then the first guy that I hooked up with on Tinder, um, like the most amazing sex I've had. And then, so I started seeing him casually and then still seeing like other boys. Um, and then about two months later, I got admitted into hospital. Um, so I was still talking to all the, um, a lot of the boys, but obviously a lot of them lost interest because like they couldn't hook up because I was in hospital for like two weeks. Um, but I still kept talking to the one that I initially hooked up with. So we're just going to call him like casual hookup guy. Um, but so he still like was messaging me through the day because he like I told him I was in hospital and he was being really nice and caring. Um, and he even came and visited me, which was like a massive change in our dynamic because when we first started talking, like it was literally we wouldn't talk through the day. It was just like, hey, want to come over? Like that was it. And I'd like come in after 10 p.m. and then leave before like 9 a.m. Um, but then, so yeah, so he came and visited me in hospital and then basically I wasn't allowed to have sex for a month after hospital. I had an operation and everything. It wasn't COVID related. But um, uh, so after hospital, he still wanted to see me. He like asked me to like come to his house and even though he knew, he fully knew that I couldn't have sex, he just wanted to hang out which I was like a bit intrigued about. Obviously there was still heaps of sexual tension when we were hanging out. Like it wasn't like we were just like talking and watching movies, like we were making out and watching movies and stuff like that. Um, but he would like, he drove me to my post checkup appointments and like was really, really caring and just, yeah, it was nice to have him around. Anyway, so I was still talking to other boys then, but obviously wasn't seeing anyone else. And then like two weeks later down the track, like I ended up just not talking to any other boys and just ended up talking to him. And I'm seeing him a lot now. Like I go to his house and like I spend the day there and we go to the gym together because he has access to a gym. Um, and I've like met the mum and his brother, like, and it's just very chill. Like, it's just not what I'd expect. Like, obviously, like I'm really inexperienced in this whole friends with benefits or situationship, whatever you want to call it. But I, I don't know. Like, it's just very odd to me. Like, it seems very serious, but um, the way he's, like, talked about other girls, like, I can tell he's quite comfortable. Like, it's, it might be a normal thing for him to have other girls at his house and, like, his mum to know them and stuff like that. Like, they're a very laid-back family. But for me, like, that's quite a big deal, like, hanging out at, your, at your, this casual hookup's house and, like, I don't know, we're very coupley. He's really affectionate. He's... Just the way he talks, it just seems like it's more than a friends with benefits thing, but I've never been in a friends with benefits thing, so I don't really know what's going on. And I was determined to not catch feelings because in my head, like I've been in a five-year relationship, I've never actually experienced being single. I really, was really determined to and also like be my own and independent person. Like I don't want to be known as a relationship girl. But recently I've realised that like I am catching feelings for him. And... But I don't know if he is. Like, I can't read him. I don't know if this is just how he treats girls normally. Um, yeah, I told myself I'd be single after this whole, like, relationship. But now, like, I am catching feelings for this guy. And I just don't know how he feels. And 
I don't know if this is normal and I'm just really inexperienced. I would love to get your input. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, oh, my God, she's so cute. I know. She actually reminds me of one of my friends. When she was talking, I was like, I have a friend who, like, has been in your situation. Oh, I, my God. I, oh, that was so cute. <laughs> when you watch my face when I was listening, she was, like, giggling and, like, smiling because she's so – whoever you are – you're very cute. I I love that question. I thought it, I thought it was so relatable to so many people. Yes. I thought that too. I thought, oh my god, like every girl has been in this position oh, before. Every girl. And then you okay, you okay, you tell me your thoughts first because you've had a friend in this situation. So, you go first. Okay. Here's the thing. Like I feel like we have a couple of limited details that mean which means I can't really make up my mind on which situation this is, but I feel like it's one of these situations. Hit me. Like, it's either this shit is just cute and they both just, like, like each other and haven't done anything about it and it's just some cute shit that, ne- that can be sorted out with some communication. Uh-huh. Or, or it's another situation in which a guy, like, treats a girl like they're together and then when she eventually, like, asks him about it, he'll be like, oh, what? Yeah, what do you mean? And I'm, yeah. like, concerned because I'm not, according to this, I'm actually not sure which situation it is. But, like, I know, I do know a lot of girls that have been in a situation where they, like, see a guy and they get really close and they, they think it's something because it feels like something and they treat you like, you know, you have an intimate relationship. And then, like, the moment you actually bring it up, they're like, oh, what? I thought we were just, You're crazy. Like, She's crazy, man. Whatever. She's my mum. I'm not, I'm not sure which one it is. What did you think? I mean, I... I thought it was the the cute one where they like each other until she was like, he seems very like casual about what girls he brings home to meet his like it seems like he does it all the time. So the way he talks yeah, about that's girls, exactly he, when my mind shifted as well. Yeah, because I was like, oh my god, babe, just tell him like he came to visit you in hospital, and then I got a little bit mad because I was like, this right? is ha- this like has happened to yeah, literally everyone that I know and me multiple times when I was younger. But the thing that I always wish <laughs> that I had just done like, earlier, legit, every girl, every girl. The thing that I wish that I had just done earlier and now what I said to my friends and what my friends ordered just now because we're 25 and I'm mid-20s now so we don't have time to fucking – I don't have two years to be in a situationship. I don't have fucking – unless it's clear boundaries, like unless I want that. Um, I just just ask them. No? Yes, 100%. Like, I'm a big proponent of like just ask, sis, just ask. And if they deflect you or they don't give you a clear answer – that's your answer. Dude, I, like, literally, and if they get if they get weird, if I say, what do you mean? Or the, yeah, what are, you, what are you talking about? Like, we're just hanging out. Okay, cool. Well, I'm glad that I know now. And then she can proceed if she likes. She can proceed and sleep with him and, like, like try to turn off those feelings. Or she can sleep with someone else and, like, have to get used to it. And it sucks. Mm. And it'll feel like a breakup. That's the thing as well. It feels like a breakup when you have these things happen and then fail. Like, it, And you're like, but I can't be upset because it isn't a breakup. But you feel like you've lost the potential for a relationship mm. and also their affection and what they were giving you and they were acting as though you were together. I think that um, there are a lot of men, and this actually carries on to our conversation we're going to have after, but there are a lot of men that I've found that um, really, really just want the comfort of a woman and to have someone to dump their emotions onto and it probably isn't even conscious. I don't think he sounds like a bad guy. Like I don't think that he's a dickhead. I don't think he's doing anything really wrong because they haven't had the conversation. Like he may just think that she's doing the same mm. as him. Like I agree. Until you've had the conversation, he's not broken any rules. No. The problem will be if it continues after you have the conversation. Yeah, or if he li- or if he lies somehow or if he's, you know, leading mm. you on. But I think that you both are kind of in this like limbo right now. 
Um, and I think just awesome because it, it could be a cute thing. It actually could be, and it, and, and it, yeah, it, like it hundred percent could be. There are a lot of more signs pointing to that, but then I'm like, but you never know because we've all been in the situation. But yeah, like to be safe, be prepared for it to be the other thing, but it may not be. It actually, you guys might just like each other. And, like, no one said anything And yet. it's cute. It's cute. And also, like, she can't lose in this situation because it's, like, on one hand, he likes you back and you guys become a cute little thing. On the other hand, you know, he's problematic and you cut him out. But she's already talked, like, a lot about how much she's not sure she wants a relationship. Yes. She wants to be single. She doesn't want to have things for this guy. So it's, like, even if he doesn't like you back, you still win because then you get to go live out your single dreams. 100%. And you can just forget about this guy. And I'm sure there will be other men because there always are. Oh, there always. <laughs> it's cute shit and you guys can be a thing. 100%. And you, can, and you can, like, build and work on whatever you want. So, just, like, just ask him. You're going to win either way. 100%. You win either way. I'm a strong believer in when you have that because I think, I mean, for me anyway, I'm I'm very much, like, I'm always dating someone, like, I, which is, like, disgusting. Like, I'm always dating someone. Like, even if it's not, like, a boyfriend, <laughs> but it's, like, I always have, like, someone that I'm, like... I like this boy and talking to like babe, literally always and whenever I have the urge to be single I am like run with it like I'm like be free so whenever I hear someone be like I want to be single I'm like be single because you have the rest of your life to be in a relationship and to and to and not that relationships are bad relationships are great but to um have the anxiety around finding a relationship you know what I mean like being in a relationship great no 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 I completely agree but the anxiety of being like, I need to find someone. So, but then on the, and then on the other hand, I'm like, I don't think you should turn down or try to suppress feelings that you have for someone just because you want to be not the girl that's always in relationships, as I think she said. Like, just because you want to be single doesn't mean... Yeah, she didn't want to be the rello girl. Yeah. I did notice that. I did think about that. Mm. And I feel like I'm kind of on the... Like, I've, I'm in two minds about it because on the one hand... Like, I think you're right. And if you like somebody, like, why miss the opportunity to potentially have something beautiful, like, talk to them, mm-hmm. you know, optimistic butterflies and rainbows. On the other hand, I guess it just depends on, like, what's going to happen if they do like you, like, what you're willing to do. Because if you're, like, if you like somebody and they like you back, but also you are just not in the right mindset to be in a relationship and that is where it'll potentially go, like, you kind of may be fucking each other over a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, like, it might, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, Neither of them seem to be too keen on like needing to date, so it's fine. I don't like. I think she's fine, but for other girls who are in that boat, who are like, "Oh, I really, really like this guy, but also I just can't commit right now." That's when it becomes a bit like problematic because you start sending out mixed signals and you start miscommunicating. Totally. Her, I think she's all right because she seems like either way, she's kind of kind of be happy with the outcome. Like. I reckon ask him because if he likes you back, you guys you guys sound like very adorable. I mean, any man that comes and visits you in the hospital is like, that's cute. That's some cute, cute. shit. Like, I'm that's on board some cute with this. Shit. And it's very rare that I'm on board with any man in any woman's life. But I'm on board. This sounds very cute. Yeah, babe. It's really random that you're saying this right now. So I'm like, this is a sign. Um, well, oh, fuck, what was I going to say? I had a point to show when you were talking, but I got distracted by my <laughs> pencil that I was waving dramatically in the air. Um... Uh, oh, I think that oh, this is my advice. Okay, so obviously it's really hard to ask someone if they like you. Like us being like, just ask him. Like <clears throat> people are like, okay, like just ask him. Like, okay, cool. Um, How? But I, are you good with like 
confront like like asking things that I, are really I'm scary like do you like me questions like this though me so too I will, like i will shut up for example if i'm like fighting with someone i'll shut up be in the dm being like so do we have a problem <laughs> like i'm like that so i can't look i admit i i give blunt advice but that's because i can also just be a bit blunt like i'm the type of person who would be like hey i noticed like that we've kind of been like really cute lately so i was just like i was kind of wondering what you like think this is like i was just wondering what you like, like thinking of this because like i don't really know what was on your mind dude 100 and then if i'm if i like someone i will literally just text them like that 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 guy that I was talking to this afternoon after we hung up, I like messaged him and I was like, I really like speaking to you. It's really nice talking to you. Um, and I'm just like, so honest. I'm like, Oh, I have like a woman fuzzy. So I'll text you and be like, I have a, like, I, like, I, I, I enjoy this and I enjoy you, but that's yeah, like hard for some people. Like I'm like, well, I had a good time. I think you're great. Let's hang again. Yeah. Whatever. Like I'm never worried about like looking a bit like desperate, desperate. because, or, like, because, whatever. I just the, say it. Because the way you think about it, okay, if you, okay, so if they liked you, so if you liked someone and they said to you, I really liked hanging out with you today, they could never look desperate if you liked them. So the only way you look desperate yeah. is if you don't like them. So if, if I went out with a guy and I didn't really like him and he texted me being like, I had a really good time, I'd be like, Ugh. but if I did yeah, like bye. him, I'd be stoked. <laughs> And so it's like, it's like a mm. win-win. You find out either way. Just tell them. Just be like, hey. Exactly. Be like, hey, like, we've been hanging out a lot lately. Like, I'm not really sleeping. Many- I like frame it like that. But, like, I'm not seeing anyone else. Like, what what are you doing? Like, are, are you seeing with anyone else? Because it isn't like, yeah. are you my boyfriend? But it's like, are we going towards the track of that? Because he could go, oh, this is so casual to me. And then, you know. But he also could be like, oh, I'm not seeing anyone else either. Because maybe it's better that you don't commit straight up anyway and it's just exclusive but it's not a boyfriend. I feel like it's one of those things where it's just like the priority should be making it work or ending it if it can't work. It's like it's like a win-win because she – maybe she shouldn't commit yet because it could just be exclusive rather than being a boyfriend then you're not wasting all this invested emotional labor just find out now <laughs> find out now find out so like after a first date i'm like do you like me yes or no like, well like my podcast episode that we're gonna do did you see that no i haven't seen it oh my god oh, no, no, no. no i saw like from my today. post my post about the guy the other day where i'm gonna get we're doing like rating cards for each other afterwards yes, yes, to yes, be yes, like, oh my god you're gonna do the cards and everything so excited we spoke about today this is such good content like i stand turning a date into content (laughs) dude the fact that he was like the fact i literally when he said i was like everything is content yes i was like everything's for the girls and the gays in the podcast group everything i was like and then also and also um rahul rahul how do you say his name rahul rahul Unless shout he's, out to Rahul, by the way. Shout out to Rahul. Not sure if maybe he is a, maybe he is a gay, but I think he's probably the only straight man's in there, and we stand him. He like we're like, we're like our little token straight. <laughs> yeah, no, Rahul is straight. I'm pretty sure he's married. Actually, oh, he's married. He like recently got married. Oh my god, congratulations! I think he, like, recently got married. Rahul. I'm pretty sure. Really proud of him. Yes, Rahul. Um, Stan. Get in um, <laughs> uh, But like for the girls and the gays and Rahul in the <laughs> podcast group. Um, <laughs> and Rahul. And Rahul. Um, but yeah, like everything is content and after I'm, I'm excited because I'm like, at least if we have a bad day and we're like, we promise we're like, going to be so honest. So if, if, if he doesn't like me, I can know and not walk away and be like, I think that went great. I'm going to come back to Sydney as soon as possible. There is like nothing worse than like totally building up like an experience in your head and thinking it went a certain way. And then you hear that like, just absolutely not what the other person was thinking. 
Bro. And, like, just save yourself from that, please. Because we've all sacrificed enough and have to go through that enough. Please don't also do this. Oh, 100%. Like, we've just, paid for your sins. Just, like, just like yeah, please. 100%. Well, I feel like our answer is just ask him. <laughs> yeah, just ask him. Ask him. It took us, like, three years to tell you that. But just ask him. You just can't ask him. lose. You'll win either way. Don't worry about it. So let's have a little chat about this thing you post on your story because I fucking loved it. So I'm just going to read out the comment. I'll read it out again and i read out the commentary that went along with it that you did because I loved it. So the tweet was by Karma Maria Mercado. Hi, today please meditate on how easily we accept women's pain as collateral damage in men's self-discovery. And then you said... Love how men use us for free therapy, victimize themselves so they're absolved of any impact of their toxic behavior, and then gaslight us when we try to express that something don't feel right about the situation. And then he said, Abby Chatfield, make a new podcast with me purely discussing this. And I was like, let's do an episode and then let's fucking, let's try and get this greenlit. Um, so thought, obviously you have thoughts on this. <laughs> I do. I do. I have a lot of thoughts on like free emotional labor by women. I have a lot of thoughts on this. Absolutely. So we were saying before we recorded about how every woman, even if they're, it isn't just about boyfriends, it's also about other men in our lives. Like when I used to work in property, there would always be a guy who would come to me or come to the other women and use, and even like jump around the office to like the other women who were in the office and talk to them about his dates that he went on or about his girlfriend problems or about his mum's in hospital. And it's like, they just dump all of their emotional energy, even if they're a work acquaintance that you are, and you find you only talk to them about this emotional stuff that they're needing to get through and you're kind of spending all this time with them. Talk to them about it. And it, and it, it I think it's something that, really, that we don't really realize until you point it out because the yeah, fact that you sure. mentioned work colleagues before I was like, Holy fuck. Yes. A hundred percent. Because the thing is you think you're just being a good friend. I feel like that's what it is. Even okay. For your boyfriend is one thing, but in general you feel like you're either just being a good girlfriend or a good friend or a good colleague and you're like yes i'm being so kind i like yeah you are but the difference between like a friendship and you just like dishing out your emotional labor and being a therapist is like how mutual it is and i don't think we Mm. realize how many people we like sit there and we listen to them like we give them this advice and like you would like never ask for the same amount of emotional support ever from that person i think that's a hundred percent something that you consider when you're yeah when you when you are giving emotional energy to someone would a, would you request it from that person? And B, would they give it to you? Because a lot of people, yeah, I would never ask these these men for advice. They're I mean, just wandering around my office. How many times do I even ask men in general for advice? Like, like for anything. Like one man, like for maybe literally. two men ever that I like ask for advice. Hundred <laughs> percent. I think this is quite kind of related, actually. That I just sort of then, but not really. But it, maybe it it kind of makes sense. Um, so. <laughs> It kind of has to do with that guy we talked about before with the girl who was talking about, like, the guy in the hospital. Um, mm. It kind of has to do with, like, like love bombing. Yes. Have you heard oh of the God. term I love bombing? I literally just read about love bombing, like, yesterday. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I always think about whenever I read about love bombing, my ex-boyfriend that I love, when we first started dating, I we went to the beach together the first day. So we, like, slept together, went to the beach the whole next day together, had a really good time, and he was so affectionate, like, holding my hand, like, we, like, sat on the beach, and, like, and, like forward kisses and stuff. And I kept saying to him, I was like, this is, like, fake intimacy, dude. Like, you don't know me. Like, why are you, like, holding, like, you, like, you don't know me, so why are you holding my hand around Burley 
and like giving me like forward kisses and like patting my head on the beach. Like it doesn't make sense. And it was like kind of a joke for our entire relationship. Like, oh, remember that fake intimacy? And it was like, yeah, but it became real. And then I only realized like a couple of weeks ago when I was reading about love bombing, I, I know what it was, but I hadn't like read into it. And I was like, that was just love bombing. Like being so affectionate and so cuddly. And then if we hadn't worked out for that as long as we did, which I wish, but if we hadn't stayed together for as long as we did and he had just been like, I don't like this girl, I'm done with it. It would have just been one of those situations that that girl from the previous question is in where you feel like you had a relationship and you're like, wait, what just happened? Like, like you, we were on the beach, cuss, kid, um, kiss, kiddling. Yeah. Cut, cuddling and kissing. Holy shit. I almost said cuddling and kiddling. Um, <laughs> um, and you're kissing my forehead and telling me how beautiful I am. And we're like sleeping together all day. And, but I'm, I'm the fucking crazy one. And it's almost like, uh, it's like a, um, it's like an automatic gaslight, like like a remote controlled gaslight. Like, like they don't have to do yeah. anything. It's like, it's like it's algorithmic. <laughs> like there are like two steps that you have to take, and then this like entire cycle plays out in like 100%. the exact way that you think it's gonna play out. A hundred percent. But I asked him about this once, so a couple months ago when we got back together, we were talking about it because we would talk about it a lot, the fake intimacy thing, and I'd always be like, I don't get why you did that. And sometimes he'd say, because I, I really liked you from when I first met you, when we were good. And I'd be like, okay, cool. Then sometimes he'd be like, because I was really attracted to you and I like to touch you. Cool. Sometimes it would be like, oh, I don't know. I just I just felt like I wanted to do that. We were hungover and then. And then the other the other month he was like, you know, I, I am going to I'm gonna tell you something about, about men, which I think is just about people that he knows or maybe just about him simply. And he was saying that, Oh, this made me feel so sick. I literally was sitting there with my mouth open being like, what the fuck? He was like, you know, I think a lot of guys... Oh, because what happened? One of my friends had met a guy. He'd been really... Same thing overnight and then never spoke to her again. And I was like, why did they do that? Because we don't actually want that. Like, if I I have a one-night stand, I don't want the guy to come and cuddle me afterwards because it makes me feel uncomfortable. And like this, like the fake intimacy thing. I'm like, I know this isn't genuine. So why are you doing it? It makes me feel like icky. I'm like, either have sex and leave... Or build up to that, even over the night. Like, like, don't just go home with me and then do that, and then the next morning be like, "Do you want breakfast?" Like, no, I want you to leave, sir. Um, you imagine but, making them breakfast. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pass. Um, but he was like, "I'm going to tell you something that, like, that, like, I do, and that I know a lot of guys do." And I was like, "Oh fuck, what is it?" And he was like. You know, sometimes when you meet a girl, actually, usually when you meet a girl, you just like trying her on for size. And I was like, what? what sorry? And I was like, what? Sorry? And he's like, oh, look, you know, hang on. Can we just keep a tally for every time men like dehumanize a woman by comparing them to like an object, like just trying her on for size, like you're fucking shopping? <laughs> like, oh, literally. He was like, you know, like if, if you, and you just, you just see what it would be like if they were your girlfriend and you see if you like. Um, that interaction that you're having with them. So, you know, if you have a day with a girl, like when you're hungover and you like, you see, you just do like, you like play house for a day and you oh see if God. that's what you want. And I was like, but what about if she likes you then? He's like, well, like, I mean, it's a day, like the chicken get over it. I'm like, oh my God. But that's like- so, that's so, I mean, to be fair, I think, I think my ex-boyfriend is a narcissist. So this would explain a lot of the way he thinks, but to, to just be like, oh, you know, I and every guy that I know just tries girls on besides. And it makes sense because that you hear these stories so often. 
And it's happened mm. to me a million times. And now I'm old enough to recognise and I've had enough times to recognise that I'm turned off by it because I'm like, you actually either are love bombing me and you're a narcissist or you are a bit needy and unstable to be doing that. Str- like, like it's only those two options. You know what I mean? Well, like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is peak gaslighting because, and I actually like did write this in my my little notesy notes when we were going to talk about uh-huh. gaslighting and free therapy and stuff. Like the entire feminine or like female, I know y'all hate the word female, but I'm using it for this context. Yeah. Like female stereotype is like, you know, I guess being like confusing and like unnecessarily needy and like being sensitive and good at advice. And, like every other thing we associate with women being like caregivers, but also uh-huh. unhinged. But, you know, whatever, like, think about it. All of those are just gaslighting. They're just, like, we have been gaslit into thinking those things are true. And this is one of them because, like, no one, like, I swear men do this, right? So they they do whatever this thing is, like this, you know, let's try on this woman for size. And then she thinks, oh, he must like me. And then responds like he likes her. And then he's like, bitch, what the fuck are you doing? Like, we're not Girls are crazy. They're so desperate. It's so desperate for a relationship. And it's like, you literally just played house for a day. And like, it's not her fault you think, like, she thinks you're a thing. Like, it's peak gaslighting. And it's just, even like with all this free therapy shit. Like, I mean, the whole reason we give free therapy is because we've gaslit ourselves. Because, no, men have gaslit us into thinking that we are even good at giving therapy. Half the time, it's the blind leading the fucking blind, okay? 100%. (laughs) But, like, we, like, honestly, like, we we are the ones with the capacity because, like, men have just, like, delegated this to us. Mm. 100%. Oh, my God. I, like... I know. It's just, like, suddenly I just, like, Mm. never want to be near another man again. I'm just, yuck. The whole thing about women being caretakers and women women being... um, yeah, the ones that are good at advice and good at taking care of things, obviously is a stereotype that also bleeds through into why there is a gender pay gap, because we take on the we take on yes. the jobs like childcare and teaching and nursing, that are all low paying, essential jobs, that are literally taking care of either sick or young humans, <laughs> like, and that's why there is a pay gap as well because we're taught the we there is an expectation that women are naturally more caring and giving. And therefore it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy that we go into those industries um, more often. I mean, like when I worked in property. Who benefits from us being in those industries and who benefits from us being in those positions? I wonder who, I wonder who who is a being like, you know, getting free emotional labor also has somebody to take care of the kids. He can go out and build his career. Like I wonder who is benefiting off women being in caretaker roles because who the fuck are we taking care of? Exactly. Who? Them and their kids. Them and their kids. Yeah. Like it's... And half the time, like, it's not even women that are like, oh, my God, like, can't wait to have a baby. Like, half the time, like, we joke about it, but it, it's often men being like, um, I need a woman to settle down with and, like, continue my lineage with. Oh. Like, what is up with men also and being obsessed with, like, their lineage shit? And because like, this brings it to the whole debate about, like, women not changing their last names and all of that. It's like, I don't know why men have this weird thing with their lineage that needs to stop. It's so but, like, bizarre. It's so bizarre. But speaking of, I know. Speaking of it, have it getting free emotional labour, I think that drives me insane is that I work so hard on my mental health. I don't think that I'm that, like, quote-unquote fucked up or unhinged. I just have, you know, a bit of depression, a bit of anxiety. Like, obviously there are peaks and pits, but, like, I'm, I could get through life, not going to therapy, not medication. And I would, I would probably be pretty fine, you know, 
But there are people- Yeah, because that's like me. Look, I'm not on therapy or medication. And I, like, I have to work hard because I'm not... Because I don't have access to those things right now to be okay. Like, I have to work hard to be okay. Yes, 100%. So, when I'm... I get really resentful when I'm spending... Like, I would beg my ex to go to therapy and get a medication. And I would spend so much money and time and energy and I would like meditate and like do yoga and like try and like fix my brain before I was on medication but go to therapy and work on myself to try and be a better person but also also I it was consciously to be a better um uh to be like a stronger person to help take care of him. Yeah, no, no, no. I could. But he understand. should just be going to therapy. He should just be going to therapy himself so that we can lean on each other rather than me going, well, I need to work extra hard on myself so that I can take care of you better. And not that he ever asked me explicitly, but there's this underlying thing of that when he's upset, like when he, he didn't talk to his friends for months earlier this year and he didn't talk to me for nine days when I tried to break up with him. And I, he just came over one day. Randomly came to my house. We had not seen each other for nine days. He'd ignored me for nine days. He just walked up to my apartment. And he was like, I'm getting back on medication. I'm going to therapy. I understand what I did to you was really fucked up. I understand what I do to you is so... The power dynamic here is so bad. Blah, 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 blah. Promises me all this stuff. And I'm like... And he's like, because I know that's what you need. You know, I know that's what you need from me. And I'm like, where the fuck was this energy for the past three years? Only when we're not talking to each other. And then he's like... But, you know, oh, because I was like, what took you so long to speak to me? And he was like, um, I haven't spoken to anyone. And I was like, okay, cool. But, like, why have you come to me? And he was like, well, you're the first person that I've spoken to. I haven't spoken to my friends yet. Like, I just came straight to your place. And I'm like, why? We're broken up. Why am I the person when you're having, when you're, when you're, when you're depressed for a week? He spoke to his female roommate and me. Yes. Oh, my God. She tucked me what in. is it with men? Literally, don't, they don't go to the boys. They don't go to their No, bros. never. They go to you. No. They go to the ex-girlfriend. Like, what? They go to me. They, they call me, like, literally. And I was like, well, have you called so-and-so? He's right. And he was like, no, no, I, I don't want to. And I'm like, okay, cool. But, but, but why are you here? I, we're broken up. And, you know, seeing you know that seeing you for me is very triggering. And, and I am back fucking in love with you the second I see you. And I'm trying to get over you. And I tried to break up with you a month ago. So why are you back here? We had a little fight. And then, um, look, you'll hear, you'll hear on the export from the Dalla podcast, but it's like, why am I the person that you come to when you're fresh out of a depressive episode? Why you're like, well, now I'm going to go and see Abby and tell her all about it. And it's, it isn't even conscious. He isn't like, I'm going to go make her feel bad for me. I know he isn't even doing that. Yeah. Like it isn't, it isn't like he's being like, I'm going to kill myself. He would never do that. But he is, I'm a crutch and I have been the crutch for four years and it's fucking exhausting when I'm like barely have my head above water. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like a lot of these guys, and I look, I feel like I've got to put, put this disclaimer in because I talk a lot of shit about men. I know it's not all men. I have a wonderful man in my life. Oh, you have a lovely I boyfriend. everything, so yeah. I know. He's he's a gem. He's the one man, the one good man. No, but it's like, okay, yeah, so this is my not all men disclaimer in case yeah. anyone tries to come my DM, trying to be not, not in a trash. I know. Mm. Please don't bother because I know and you're not going to change my mind. Yeah. Anyway. No, but it's like men half the time don't, they don't, they're not even conscious. And you're so right about, like, it's so deeply ingrained and conditioned to rely on women that they don't even think they're an asshole for coming to you. And then when, and this goes back to my original comment on the tweet, when you express, mate, like, you're actually really upsetting me by, by being here and you probably shouldn't be here, mm. then they'll, like, be like, oh, well, sorry, I'm a horrible person. And, yeah. like, 
I can't believe I'm, you know, burdening you. I guess I'll just, like, go now and, you know, cry myself to sleep for the next three months. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, this thing where, like, it's, like, this pity bargaining. It's, like, I'm going to, like, gaslight you now, make you feel like you're the horrible person, and then you're going to pity me, and you're going to still give me this labour, even though you, like, have already consciously come to the decision that you probably shouldn't do it. hundred percent. It's fucking exhausting. And it's, like, unconsensual emotional labour as well. Like, you have no choice but to... But yeah, to... you're, like, you're, bully- you're essentially bullied and gaslit into it. And, like, you can't back out because then you're the bad person. No, you're the bad woman because it's very gendered. Mm-hmm. You're, like, a bad woman because you left this guy to fend for himself. And, you know, we're supposed to be caring. We're supposed to be caring. And, you're like, you don't want to be a heartless, cold bitch. So you end up helping them. And then the amount of <sighs> times you hear someone break up with someone with mental health issues, like a man. And instead of, like, I've honestly... I mean, I've heard it from, from guys as well. Like, it, this, isn't, this isn't as gendered, but... People that break up with people and then they let them keep talking to them or keep calling them. I do this because, like, you hear my girlfriends be like, I'm scared about his emotion, his mental health. And I'm like, well, he should be going to therapy. He shouldn't be calling you drunk on a Saturday yeah. and ruining your Saturday night and having you crying in the bathrooms of this fucking club. Absolutely. Because he's upset that you guys have broken up and you're worried about his mental health. Or even about what well, he's – like, it isn't even often about the breakup. It's about – oh, my mum is sick, or it's about something that is, uh, like, trauma, but it's like, there's nothing to do with me. We broke up months ago. Why are you calling my girlfriend when she's out having a fun time with me, making her cry in the bathroom because she's triggered, because she misses you, because you call her every weekend still, even though you broke up with her? Why do you call her every weekend, make her cry, ruin her night, take her emotional energy for the night, and and then act as though... You fucking deserve her time and energy, and then be like, and then if she tries to cut for herself, it's like, well, oh yeah, I'm a piece of shit. I'm sorry. No, no. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. And it, but this is the thing. This I feel like there's a really common trope, and I have a few friends who are either in this situation now or were in the situation literally in the last couple of months of like breaking up with a guy, but then being like, oh, I'm just gonna message him to check up on him to see if he's okay. And they're literally like, these bitches are suicidal themselves. Oh. Oh, and it's like, oh my god! Oh. Why are you worry about yourself, bitch? Why imagine if you extended the same level of care to this fucking cretin? Did you say to yourself? Imagine. Well, that's what I've been trying to do. Imagine lately. what an amazing person you would be. Babe. Imagine how well-rounded and strong you would be. That is literally. I said in my last podcast. I was talking about like retransferring your energy when you're single from the energy that you would put into um, the person you're dating into your friends into yourself, and like the amount of change that I've had in myself in the past two months from not worrying about this person that I've put so much energy into for fucking four years and it draining me and then putting it into myself and my friendships is literally like, I'm like, why didn't I do this before? Like I'm like weekly therapy. Yeah, I'm like Lexapro. I'm like exercise. I'm like, if something is wrong with me emotionally, I nurture it. I take care of it. Like I would for a, a man in my life, but now I'm doing it yeah. for me. And it literally is like, like it's so fucking crazy i wish more people would do that i wish i because it's hard to do but once you have that shift you're like oh i'm gonna be selfish for so long like i'm gonna do this for so long and here's the thing like here's the difference i was thinking because we're talking about like girls like reaching out to an ex and it's literally like it's not because they want to get back together they don't it's not even because they still love him it's like a very genuine concern it's like a very genuine concern that he might do something stupid and hurt himself and, you know, I don't know if anyone else is taking care of him. I know he's not going to reach out to anybody because he, you know, is still not a functioning adult and doesn't take care of his own mental health. So I feel like I yeah. have to. But it's like, 
every time their ex-boyfriend reaches out, it's never to check on her. <gasps> and the few times it is, it's, like, very thinly, like, veiled, just, like, wanting to, like, hook up. But, like, just pretending. It's like, oh, are you okay? We should meet up at 2 a.m. at my house. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, it's never genuine on that side. Or they want some validation. So it's the classic simple, which I scale the time. I love you. Full stop. Because they're drunk. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, I get, like, I scale it all the time. Like, after, like, after, like, weeks of not talking. And we're like, hey, this is it. And then it's, like, three weeks later. I love you. Why are you messaging me? I, I, I love you and I miss you. What's wrong with that? And it's, like, you just want validation because you're drunk and out. And because you've thought about me when someone's yeah. mentioned me. And you've gone, fuck, she doesn't care about me anymore. So I'm going to drag her back into my little demon well. Yeah, and it's like if you did that, you would be like desperate, crazy. crazy. If I rocked up to, you know, the, having a mental breakdown. Can you imagine if I rocked up to my? I mean, I have before because he's done it to me so many times. But like, there were so many times before the couple of times lately that I've rocked up to my ex boyfriend's house. Where for the past years he's come to my house, jumped my balcony one time, like like swung himself up. He's like six foot four. Come to mine, call me randomly, call me when he's a girlfriend's like cried about his girlfriends to me like being like i need you call me when i'm with my boyfriends at other times but he's my ex back and forth back and forth and the one the first time that i walked up to his house i was worried because he was really depressed and i brought him banana bread now he looked on the corner for me and i was like i'm gonna go bring the banana bread and just see that he's okay and i'll leave the banana bread and just go because we were still together hadn't spoken to me in three days and i rocked up and he was like depressed he was very depressed and he was like, you're the only bitch crazy enough to do this. And I was like, <gasps> your girlfriend checking on you. I brought, I went to your, a cafe and got you banana bread because I knew you were depressed. Yeah, yeah like, I'm trying to take care of you. And, like, but, you but, expect me to and make me do. But you can rock up to my I'm apartment. i fulfilling when, what you wanted me to do this whole time and now I'm crazy for it. Yeah, but <laughs> you can rock up to my apartment whenever you want and you're like romantic or you just you just love me so much or you just need you need me so I need to sacrifice that for you. But if but if I come to your place and say, I'm worried about you, here's some banana bread, I hope you're okay, but also can you please give me a, a little bit of affection because I know you're depressed but I'm really anxious right now. I'm, I'm, I'm having panic attacks. Is it okay if you reply to me? And they go, you're so crazy, babe. Fuck off. Look, I'm actually going to, like, jump on exactly what you said because I just, oh, my God, I was just screaming in my head. Yeah. When you were, like, talking about how, like, when men do crazy fucking shit, it's romantic. Like, we need a whole nother podcast episode on, like, creepy, fucked up, crazy shit men do. And it's, like, it's romantic. It's Hun, like, you should be flattered. Look at how desperately he wants to be with you. He would break into your house because he loves you so much. He <laughs> rocks up randomly to you and he rocks up randomly to your place. And it's like, no, you're invading my, you're invading my space and you aren't giving me consent to see you right now. That's how I felt. I was so mad. I was yeah. like, you have the power and you just, you just walk in and you walk out because you know the power. But me coming to your house is crazy. And you would tell all your friends that I'm insane for coming to your house, but would leave out the fact and that you're like, always literally after you worry they might kill themselves yeah. or something. And it's like, you've come in worried because you're like i don't know if, i actually don't know if you're okay yeah and like you know you're my boyfriend so i feel like i probably should know yeah. what your mental state is at yeah. right now yeah. and you're like crazy for that i just the gaslighting this is what i mean it's like there are so many different forms of just like gaslighting women but also like using them for the thing that we're gaslighting them for yes it's like a cyclical thing and it's like you should be doing this and you're crazy for doing this but please do it more and if i if i didn't do it if oh if i if 
actually, this is a whole, this is a whole other podcast episode, but I, I don't know. It's like, it's like an endless feedback loop of gaslighting and exhaustion and emotional labor. And I'm honestly, I'm not doing it anymore. Like my, my therapist, oh, this is actually really good. So I was talking to my therapist. So they, I've, I've been watching a lot of YouTube, um, psychology in Seattle. So good. He, um, he reacts to 90 day fiance and he is so smart and so like understanding and empathetic. And you, and you always, you know, like when you watch a show, you're like, God, they're an idiot. Like, even though it's editing, you're like, yeah. oh, after watching every single person, I'm like, oh my God, I have so much empathy for them now. I understand why they do the things they do. So he's great. Mm. But he always talks about like overfunctioners and underfunctioners in relationships. And I was talking to my therapist about it and I was like, I just feel like I'm always the overfunctioner and I'm always date like underfunctioners. And I just... Yes, I relate to that. Yeah, and, like, you're always taking care of people or, like, you're always, like, oh, oh my stupid boyfriend again. It kind of gives you validation and it gives you sort of some sense of, like, worthiness of being, like... Yeah, like, you kind of get something out of being needed, yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. So I was talking to her about this, it's like, and I was, like, doing this in my hands, like, different levels. I'll try and describe it. And then I was, like, but I want to be the other way. Like, I want to be the, like, person down here. And she, like, kind of let me sit there and she was, like but shouldn't it be, like, equal levels? Like, shouldn't it just be... Yeah, she's like, why are you trying to still be in, like, a different form of a toxic relationship? Literally, she was like, she was like, why do you think the only two options are either someone takes care of you or you take care of them? And I was like, what? My mind... And this is so insane, that blew my mind. That is ridiculous. But all my relationships have been like that. And, all the, and a lot of the relationships that I see in my friends are like that as well. Like... It's mm. so common because there's, there's, there's this... It's always, like, the needy person and the aloof person. Yeah, and it's, like, always, or the person that has, like, mental health and someone who... They're the person who always fucks up. And then the person who always... Like, I never mm. once was in trouble by my ex-boyfriend that I love. In four years, I, we never had a fight about something that I did, ever. Ever. And he's always, like, you were perfect, you were perfect, you were perfect. Nothing you could have done would change how he, how he sorted out. But... I, I feel like that is just so true that it more often than not, it's a woman is the overfunctioner and they have an underfunctioner mm. boyfriend and then they get out and they repeat the cycle again because you need the validation of being the overfunctioner. And I've had to work hard in therapy yeah, to and want. It's, it's yeah. like you're conditioned to think that that's love. And like when you don't know any better, no. like you're conditioned to put your worth into how much somebody needs you. And, you know, it ultimately, like, screws you over because when eventually you date a guy that's so aloof that he doesn't give you that needy validation Mm. and then you're just like, oh, my God, like, what's wrong with me? I'm unlovable. Mm. Yeah. He's aloof and it's my fault. Yeah. And it's like, it's, I mean, it's honestly, I just want to tell women, like, it's almost never your fault. It's honestly almost half, more than half the time, it's actually not your fault. But we're just so, like, used to these certain cycles of, like, relationships where, like, if if he's being aloof or he's not replying to your messages or he's like doing whatever like you have to be doing something more mm-hmm. to gain his attention and you just mm-hmm. like you, you run yourself into the ground mm-hmm. like, 100% it's 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 fucking exhausting I mean we've been talking for like an hour and 45 minutes at this late stage oh my god um but is there anything I else like I could talk about male gaslighting forever I know I think like, there's so I, much I think you should come on again and we should talk about other other miscellaneous topics. I really liked this. I loved talking to you. Um, do you want to tell everyone I where to find to you? you? Like such a good girls' night. I know. Um, where can everyone find you? Because you've got a new Instagram. Yes. Um, please follow my new Instagram, not my private one. It's at Saliha Official. 
please follow up. I will talk to you on that. I'm lonely and I engage with literally anybody that talks to me on the internet because I never learned Stranger Danger. So hit me up. Amazing. And we'll also link your article that you mentioned at the top of the show and anything else. Yeah, free Britney, guys. We're, we're getting on this bandwagon. Free Britney. Free Britney, 100%. Um, thank you so much for coming on. I loved having our little chat. We'll have to have you on again, 100%. I love this. Thanks, bye.